0: God is faithful. He's faithful from generation to generation. And He wants to proclaim His faithfulness and His power and His might to each generation. And He uses worship many times to do it. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now let's get into the word. Good morning. Good to be here. It's great to have an opportunity to speak to you guys this morning. You know, it's a really good feeling for me. Not that feelings are everything, but it's a really good feeling. Uh, to watch this church grow and expand and become what God has destined it to become. You know, when Pastor Quentin and Jen came, we were in a really huge season of transition. All of us were, and I was not in a very good, good spot when they came personally. And um, I was actually fighting for my life at that time, just not, not like a physical sickness but emotionally and mentally, the transition was kicking my butt, to be quite honest with you. Um, all I'd ever known was being a minister, except when I was a kid. And, uh, and, uh, and to be asked or challenged by the Lord to go into the marketplace, someplace I'd never really been, other than when I was you know, a young, young kid with my father and whatnot. So it was a very diff- difficult transition very difficult season. And they came into this place coming from a, you know, a very large church and the South and huge change for them. Huge change. I mean, you you can't even begin to describe the transition and the change and the environmental difference and whatever. And then you stack on top of that, that the, the one guy that was here, that was kind of like a a uh, mentor and a friend and a comrade and whatever wasn't in a very helpful place. I'm so proud of what they've accomplished and what they've done and how they weathered that season of transition. Uh, I'm very proud of you and and Pastor Quentin for your resilience and your your faithfulness and the and the uh, excellence with which you've you know continued to develop this ministry and to help it to become a source of inspiration for so many, you know, even the changing of the name, and so many things that were in their heart to do, not easy to just make those changes, but when it's put there by God, and, and the courage is there to move forward, he just has a way of making everything work, amen, and uh, changing the name, and then, and, um, uh, just going to two services, and on and on and on, the the transformation of the building. And uh, just, uh, you know, I'm so proud of them, and I know that you are as well. I miss Pastor Quentin when he's gone. You know, he has a very, uh, he has a great style of ministry. He has a great way of presenting the word. I, I actually love listening to him myself, and I've learned a great deal from him. You know, I was joking with the first service about most of the time I feel like I'm preaching and I'm just wandering around in circles waiting for something to work, <laughs> waiting for something to work, and, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, you know, he just kind of lines it up and brings it, you know, and it's got amazing points that match and, and uh, thoughts that coincide with one another, and uh, it's just beautiful. And uh, so you're in for, you know, somebody said a treat. I'm not sure, you know, if I would call it a treat, but we'll just call it what it is. Amen. And uh, we'll let Jesus do whatever he wants to do and and it, it'll, it'll uh, work. Amen. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you, Lord, for what you do in our lives, giving us the ability to accomplish things in your kingdom and the season that we're in. I thank you for change, Lord. I I thank you that, um, you know, we just don't spend our whole life in the same spot, psychologically and emotionally and personally and, and uh, even physically, Lord. I thank you for change. I thank you that we grow and develop and we, we transition. And Lord, even though those times can be difficult and messy and, and uh, downright difficult and hard uh, at times, I thank you that you always are faithful, like the song said this morning, and and you see us through. You make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, and um, you're awesome, God. We love you very much, and we just want to humble ourselves this morning and ask for your guidance and your wisdom as we deliver this message. Father, I pray that um, as you sense the hearts of the people that are in this room now, I pray, Lord, that you would um, provide a way for me to speak, that would be your heart to them, a unique group of individuals here in this moment that need a, a word from you. So we just surrender our ways and our thoughts, our plan to you. We thank you for your help in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so well this morning, I, um, you know, I, I uh, was asking the Lord what to speak about this week and, and I really wasn't getting much, to be honest with you. Um, you know, when when you preach on a consistent basis, week after week, your thoughts and your words and your, you know, your messages kind of can be like a run on sentence, uh, was for me anyway. And uh, so those thoughts kind of go from week to week, and you, you build on a theme, and you're kind of ministering, you know, the hearts of people, what's going on, and, and God gives you stuff according to what, you know, all of that works together really well. But when you're not doing that every week, it's kind of like starting from ground zero, and and uh, you're kind of like looking for a reference point. and And I know that Pastor Quentin's been talking about the the covenant a lot lately, and it's been a just amazing series of messages that have have just really nailed that um, that message and that topic really well. And um, you know, and I thought about the you know, as I thought about the covenant, you know, I also you can't you can't really talk about the the covenant. The Old and the New Covenant, there's, there's such a, a difference between the two. The heart of God is the same. He loves his people. He wants to make a way for them. Um, but there's such a difference between those two covenants. And, um, you know, somewhere in here we'll talk a little bit about the the struggle that the generation that Jesus came into is having with the transition between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. It's a really, 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 uh, you know, real challenge. And... Um, so I want to start this morning, um, there's a song that's being sung a lot, and we sing it here, and it's called Waymaker, and uh, so it's a really powerful song, and it's just kind of, people are just picking up on it and, and carrying it, and they're singing it and worshiping it, and, and um, you know, we had a little worship night at our house the other night with, with our kids, and uh, and... You know, my son was kind of in charge of doing the music stuff. Um, and that just happened to be the song they played. And I was, like I said, you know, earlier to you, I was really just saying, Lord, I don't I don't know what to say. I just honestly I don't know what to say. I didn't procrastinate. You just didn't give me anything yet. So what do you do with that? So I was thinking about it a lot. and And so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like distracted by, you know, you only got a couple of days here, you know, and it's getting closer. And I'm like blank, and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, this song is playing, and I started listening to it, listening to the words, and and uh, you know, and there's something about a song that makes a declaration about who God is that that does something to you inside. You know, this morning we were singing that song. But um, it, it similarly was making a declaration. You've been faithful, or something like that. God, you've been faithful, and it's saying that a couple of different times and a couple of different ways all my life. You've been man. That, that when when I sang that declaration this morning, there's an impact that happens to you emotionally, spiritually because of those words. So the words that God desires to speak over a generation, over a culture, over a region, um, over a nation, over a world, a lot of times comes out of the emerging worship that's taking place in that season. And so God will put it in the heart of a writer, somebody that's good at doing that. How many of you are songwriters? Not everybody in this room. I know, you know, I've never even attempted it and um i'm sure yeah yeah it's not something that i do but there are songwriters and and that's what god has gifted them to do and and out of their gift worship happens all over the world you know you you look back over different seasons and different movements that have taken place and there were songs that were that were utilized during that movement that were very powerful and instrumental in actually transforming the spiritual climate of that season. I grew up in the, you know, the, the, well, I'm 54, so I grew up, I, I was born in 1966. It seems like a long time ago. But anyway, um, you know, nineteen. It's like you don't even use the nineteen thing anymore. It was like a long time ago. It's like really, my kids are like. So, but we grew up in a in a, a particular season where you know worship songs were what they were, and we were actually struggling during that time uh, where where worship songs were 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 choruses. And I remember the older generation just being so frustrated with with our generation wanting to sing choruses. And they would like make fun of the fact that they were on the screen. And it's like, you know, because they weren't in the hymn book. And it was a a cultural struggle to shift from the hymns to choruses. But there were very powerful choruses that or, or songs that were being written that were for our generation that God wanted to declare a certain message to us, but that cultural difficulty transition was 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 having a hard time to be made because of the resistance that a generation the generation prior to mine was 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 having with it. And then we got comfortable eventually with our style of worship. And guess what? My kids' generation comes along and they're wanting to do stuff different, you know? And I'm like, hmm, you know? (laughs) It was a little easier for me when it was, you know, my generation wanting to change. And now, um, you know, I mentioned you know, Pastor Quentin and Jen wanting to change the name of the church from Celebration Life Church <laughs> to uh, to uh, to, uh, to the anchor. And I'm like, actually, I didn't even, I, I was happy to, I was just whatever you want to do. And uh, so it wasn't difficult, actually, but it was like difficult, though, to think of this as the anchor, because I didn't have a reference point so much for that name. When we named it Celebration Life Church, Family Church, whatever, there was a significance to that for us that meant something during that season. But there's a new generation of people that are needing a, a, you know, so everywhere I go now, I'm in the marketplace and I'm talking with vendors and going to different stores and whatever, getting materials and whatever, and uh, dump, jumping in or or bumping into different uh, guys and work sites and whatnot, and and eventually you know they get around to the whole thing that I might have been a that I was a pastor a certain time, and blah church comes up, and somehow we we get around to that subject a lot of times, and uh, and I was like, and they'll say, well, where do you go to church? It's the Anchor Church, and and they're like, oh man, I hear about that church everywhere I go. It's the Anchor Church, Anchor Church, Anchor Church, and I'm like, well, that's a good thing, amen. You ought to try it sometime. And, um, and so the, 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 the generation that we're in isn't talking about Celebration Life Family Church any longer. It's talking about the anchor. Why? Because there's a transition that's been made. There's a message that's being brought. There's a heart that's being released that's for now. It's relevant for this moment. In 10 years, 15 years, whatever. Um, there may be another shift that needs to take place, and if there is, that's a good thing, potentially. Amen. So we have to be careful from generation to generation what we're allowing to, to to not what we're not allowing to happen. If God's wanting to make a way that's different than what we're used to, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, clear as mud. Help me, Jesus. So sometimes those messages that God wants to release into the atmosphere gets lost because we get hard-headed, stiff-necked. The Bible says of some generations and we just won't let change happen. If you're a parent in this place this morning and you've raised small kids and they've gotten older, how old are you son? Nine years old, that's an amazing... I remember, I really don't remember when I was nine, I guess, but I was nine once, we'll just put it that way. But a nine-year-old has to be challenged in a different way than a 30-year-old has to be challenged. They've learned how to interact, even with media, different ways of communication that I didn't grow up with. And they just, they get it from day one almost. And so we have to be aware of the way that the culture is shifting and be able to allow transition to take place so that God's word can go forward in a meaningful way to the generation that's at hand. So each generation is responsible, with all that in mind, for speaking what he gives them to speak. And if it's a songwriter that he that God puts it in their heart to to write a song that says, all my life you have been faithful, that is a song for now that God is wanting to remind us or to declare over us that there is a generation that can look back and see how that God has been faithful through their whole life. You may be nine and you may not have seen all the amazing works of God and how that He has been faithful over your life yet, but there's There's a generation of people that are going before you that have seen God be faithful. And even though you haven't had those experiences in in a large amount yet, there is a potential for you as a nine-year-old boy to eventually see how that God will have been faithful over your whole life. God is faithful. He's faithful from generation to generation. And He wants to proclaim His faithfulness and His power and His might to each generation. And He uses worship many times to do it. That's why we do it every week. That's why we don't just come in here blank and just hear the Word of God. We do worship first. Why? It plows up ground, one. It plows up some ground in our heart. It, it opens up our heart in a way that we can be, be positioned so that the Word of God can, can get planted into some, some soil that it can grow in. It builds expectation. It kind of gets our mind off of wherever we were this week and all of the stuff and all the whatever that we've got challenges and whatever. And it kind of like puts us in a place where we can... Here the declaration. Listen to this. This is actually something that um, I don't know. Her name was Brooke Fraser. Now it's Brooke or Whatever. Um, she's the worship leader for Lightgurt or something. Anyway, she's the worship leader for Hillsongs now. I think she still is. I don't know. At least she was at the time she wrote this. And she wrote it. She's from Australia, so I had to rewrite it for her. But anyway, most of it is what she said. There is something about singing words that you know in your heart are the absolute truth. And by singing that truth, the truth, truth transitions from a heart knowledge to a mouth confession. So it's something that, you know, it's, it's impacting your heart. And then you make a decision release that that's in your heart out of your mouth. So you're making declaration. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's just a basic principle of our walk with God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing, and hearing the Word of God. The more you hear it, the more faith builds in your heart. The more you understand what God is saying and, and, and put a belief to that, um, faith comes as you hear the Word of God. So when you hear with your own ears, your mouth saying something that is true, it creates faith. That's why it's important not to watch during worship. It's a... Per- <laughs> yeah. We're plowing this morning, remember? If we just watch, it's good. We're here. We're in a better place than watching days of our lives at home or something. But um, some of you don't even know what that is, right? So like, Thank God. Um, I don't know. Star Wars then. Everybody knows the Star Wars. So if we're just there... Watching, that's part of the equation. But the more powerful interactive takes place when those words come out of our mouth. When those words come out of your mouth, this is all designed by God. This is not just something that, that, you know, we thought up or whatever. He's designed us to speak. We communicate with one another with words most of the time, unless you're two. You know, And then it's a different language, but we're trying to make words. And we're communicating with words. And we're declaring with words, sometimes good stuff, sometimes bad stuff. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if your heart isn't in the right place, you could be speaking some pretty devastating stuff some damaging stuff. How many of you have corrected your children in anger, if you have children yet? Sometimes when we get angry, we say stuff that we wouldn't even think of saying if we stopped and thought about it for a second. But in anger, we say stuff quickly. So the Impact of those words that are spoken in anger are much different than another set of words that are spoken to that same situation when we've thought through for a moment what maybe we should say in that situation and we speak life instead of death over that child or that person. So there's death and life in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing can come from the same source, you know, and it's out of the abundance of the well that's that's who God has created you to be and who that God has poured into you to be that your mouth can then speak the life that it's intended to speak. So anyway, these worship songs that we have are not just for us to sing and get prepared for the word to be spoken over us that morning, that Sunday morning. There's another reason why we worship and why, we, why the importance of those songs are, are, is, is there. When you, when you worship, especially songs that are declaring who God is, you are releasing words into the atmosphere that have impact not just in that moment, but they have the impact in a person's life or the people that are around us or even releasing them into the atmosphere to do spiritual warfare there's a there's a impact that is lasting science even tells us that when words are released into the atmosphere the the reverberations of those words are echoing through the universe it doesn't just stop you know sound travels and it goes forever doesn't it and so, when we declare the, the mighty works of God, and we declare what God said over us, or we declare what God says about our children over our children or our coworker, when we're declaring what God has said, we're impacting not only ourselves, because it does impact us, you know, but we're also impacting the person that we're speaking directly to or the environment that we're speaking directly into, like a worship service, but we're also affecting how a a person, the message of whatever those words are, is affecting the person that's hearing them so that their life could be more powerful than it was before they heard those words or devastated. You see what I'm saying? Because it can go both ways. So our challenge is to find what God is saying or wants to say into the earth at a particular juncture in time and be willing to say what He's saying. I believe that one of the things that He's saying right now is I am the way maker. I'm a miracle worker. I'm a promise keeper. Why? Because there's a generation of people that have had a lot of promises made and few promises kept. They've learned how to deal with dysfunction or disappointment because a lot of promises get made, a lot of declarations get made, and then there's not a lot of follow through. I want you to know something. God has a message for this generation. God has a message to speak through us to this generation. And that's one of them is that God is faithful. He is faithful. God's been faithful all my life. He's been faithful. And I can just I could stand here and stop this message, or at least what I have planned to say, and I could begin just simply to tell you story after story after story after story of how God has been faithful just to me over the course of the last fifty-four years. There's things about my childhood that I don't remember because physically your body has a way or your mind has a way of shutting out stuff that you're not supposed to remember. And my sisters have reminded me or, or told me of some things that's happened to me as a as a kid that I have no recollection of. And they saw it. Story after story after story after story of how God has been faithful. I'm not a bitter 54-year-old man because whatever happened in my childhood. But I'm telling you something, if you've had some things that's happened in your childhood or your journey, they can be an occasion to become very hardened. And we have a way of blocking ourselves in, you know, protecting ourselves. It's a protective mechanism and it's very real. Father, I just wanna stop right now. And if there's some, some people in this room that have things happened over their lives that have caused just a shutdown, really just a shutdown, Father. And the words that needed to be declared over their life during that time were completely opposite of what they needed. I break those words that were spoken and I replace them, Father, with the words that come from your heart, that they are loved, that they are amazing, that you are proud of them, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. I thank you, Father, that You are madly in love with every one of us in this room this morning. And in spite of what we've gone through, you have amazing things for us to accomplish. You have a declaration that can only come through us to this generation in the way that we would bring it. And so, Father, I pray right now that any blockage, anything, Father, that has shut them down, I pray, Lord, for an awakening To your kindness and generosity over them right now. And I pray for freedom. I pray, Lord, for deliverance and freedom in their hearts right now to be the person that you've designed them to be in Jesus' name. I want you to know that God has a plan for you this morning. And unfortunately, there are times in our lives where things happen that we're not in alignment with what God's plan was. Maybe those words weren't the words that God was wanting to speak over us, but they were the words that that person chose. Maybe a father, maybe a mother, maybe a boss, maybe a teacher, maybe whoever. But I want you to know something this morning, that God's got a word for you. And it's a word to bless you. It's a word to prosper you. It's a word to do good to you and not to do harm. He wants to take you from the places that you've been, the dysfunctional places and the things that have not worked and the things that are broken. And he wants to bring healing and restoration and health and life that will take you from this spot to a healthy and a productive and a powerful place for the rest of your life. God has a plan for you. And he doesn't want you to stay stuck where you are because of what has happened, you know, through your journey. Lots of stuff has happened on all of our journeys, and we could all probably write a book. Amen? Um, story after story. I'm sure you've got a whole list of them yourself. But I want you to know that your story doesn't end with your story up to this point. It's a new day, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. God's been faithful. He's seen us to the spot where we're in this room. Amen? He's seen us to a spot where this place is a healthy place to be in so that we can learn and grow and develop and actually have this conversation. If it wasn't for this spot, I wouldn't have this conversation with you guys. But we're having it now because God has ordained this moment for us to be together so that this message can be, can be declared so that your forward movement can be different from what it might have been had we not had this encounter. That's what God is wanting to set you up with every day of your life. One, you have heard a message through our worship this morning that God has been faithful. I'm going to share these lyrics with you for Waymaker. You are moving in our midst. You are working in this place. You are moving in our midst. You are working in this place. Sometimes we don't get it the first time. We have to sing it again. This just like repeats a thousand times. You didn't hear me. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are, God. That is who you are. Let me tell you something. That's a message that this generation needs to hear. That's a message that this generation 54-year-old guy needs to hear. At this spot in my journey, I need to be reminded that he's a miracle worker. I need to be reminded that he's a way maker and that his way is higher than my way. His thoughts are, are better than my thoughts. And I have an opportunity to come into alignment with his thoughts and his ways. You are here touching every heart. You are here healing every heart. You are here turning lives around. If we have a message for this generation, if God has a message for us, this would be a good message for us. If God's got a a message for us to share with this generation, then let's get these words in our heart. He's here. He's not on some distant place. He is here. He's he's in this environment, he's in our culture, he's in our world, he's in our, he's in our America, whatever, he's in whatever countries that, are, that make up the world, he's in all of it. And he's here, and he's wanting to declare a message. But guess what? He declares messages through his people. That's why we learned how to talk. So we could get breakfast and stuff, you know. (laughs) You know, we learned to convince our mother that she could feed us by crying. Eventually that stopped working for me anyway. (laughs) She was like, Yeah, be quiet. There's only only nine of us, so it's like, you gotta do something better than that. You're probably gonna have to get in the refrigerator. (laughs) You better beat your sisters there. So he uses language, he uses our voice, he uses our words. To speak his truth to a generation. So now when we worship, we've opened our heart up for the word. Now when we worship, we've sent a message collectively amongst ourselves. Now as we worship, we, we are activating faith. Faith rises in us and we hear those words and that faith is activated. Now we worship and, and, and something is happening in our culture where we're giving permission to God to bring transformation to the words that are being spoken over our culture. In other words, we don't have to keep singing the same song over and over and over, repeating it through every generation if God wants that message to shift to something else and give a word to somebody that's a songwriter to make another song come forth. Don't be afraid of new songs. They're happening all the time. He's writing them all the time. fact is, there's songs that haven't been written in our languages that are already written in heaven that he's wanting to communicate to us. He's just waiting for somebody to sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and start writing. Maybe God's going to use you to write songs someday. Maybe it's going to come out of your pain. Maybe it's going to be those, those moments where, where God was, was, was bringing you through a very difficult time, and you put that on paper, and the next thing you know, it's a worship song that's going all over the world. It's communicating a message that God wants to get to the universe, whatever. Come on, somebody. All right, so 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 51. I thought I forgot to give you a scripture. And to have a real message, it has to have a scripture, right? Should have. So we're going to make it legal. Legal message. In 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 51, it's basically David's reflective look at the power and the working of God throughout his life and administration. But I want to, I'm not going to read that. I'm way out of time already. Um. But I want to bring your attention to verse 31. It says, for, as for God, his way is perfect. And I titled this message today Waymaker because of that song that I just read the lyrics to. We were in a little worship thing this Friday night and, and my son was playing that song and it was during that song. And while they were all kind of worshiping around me that the inspiration for what I'm saying to you today finally came. And he said, I want you to help my people to understand that i need them to speak and declare what's happening in worship everywhere they go that when they sing their trends they're releasing my message into the earth so you're not just preparing your heart you're releasing a message to the to the earth do you realize that you're all ministers do you realize that you're all preachers of the gospel even if you never say a word you're living your life for the kingdom. You're preaching a message. Trust me, you stick out like a sore thumb. If you're living for Jesus, you stick out like a sore thumb. like a, Not a sore thumb, but like a a good thumb, I guess. I don't know. I want a negative context to a good thing or whatever. So. You know what I was trying to say. Green thumb, there you go. Come on, somebody. That's something I don't have either. David took a reflective look at his life and realized that God had been faithful through his life. We all know the story of David, how that, how that you know, this, the prophet came to his household and they, they asked Jesse to bring all of his sons out because God had told the prophet that the king, the king for Israel was going to come out of his family. And he brought out all of his good looking sons All the stately sons, the tall ones, you know, the amazing ones, the whatever ones. The prophet was like, no, he's not here. You you must have another son. Anyway, long story short, they bring David from the fields. You know, sometimes the decisions that we make as parents can really have a negative effect on our kids. You imagine being David and he brought out all the other kids and left him in the fields because he wasn't significant enough in his father's eyes. I know what that's like. Trust me, I could write a book on that topic. And you know, I don't have anger toward my father for the dysfunction of our home because eventually God helped me to realize that my dad was doing the best that he knew how to do possibly with the information that he had at the time. And I chose not to become like him in many ways. And that was part of my deliverance from that that challenge in my life. Yeah, we have to be so careful with the words that we speak. So let's do this. You remember when I was talking to you about the, the uh, singing worship songs and the effect that they have on the culture? So when you hear with your own ears, your mouth saying something that is true, it creates faith and faith will launch you into the next part of your journey. So if we're open as a culture and as people, we'll let God launch us into a new season. And maybe we'll change the name of the church or or maybe we'll, you know, paint a room in our house that was just this sacred room that nobody ever touched because of whatever generation before us wouldn't allow it to be changed. You know, have you have you been in situations where you just weren't allowed to do stuff because great grandfather Jordan said it couldn't couldn't don't touch this, whatever. So whatever those challenges are, change is, is, is good and, and we're launching into these new directions. Um be careful that as a person, you know, that We're not one of those that are just holding fast to the past that a new message can't come forth in our generation. What you say is so incredibly important. What you say affects what you believe. What you believe is what you become. What do you want to become? What we want to become should be lining up with the word of God and become what? What? what God wants us to become. And so the challenge or the trick for us is to find out what God said and start saying that so that what we're believing, what we're saying is what we're believing is what we're becoming is becoming the right thing. It's a way it's a waymaker sermon it's a waymaker he's the waymaker and it's it's God what do you want this service to look like what do you want this message to say to this group of people because it's different than an hour ago I'm I'm actually in a way he's illustrating in this service exactly what I'm trying to say it's completely different for you guys because there's a different challenge in the collective nature of this room That's awesome That is awesome. That means when you wake up in the morning, God's going to give you something. And it might be for a particular person. And you gain courage and strength by releasing that message to whomever. Maybe it's at the Walmart or whatever. And before the day's over, you're so stoked by that interaction that that another one comes along. And there's something completely different that you can say to another situation. Look for it. Look for it because God's ultimately intended for you to shape this generation by the words that you speak over it. What you believe determines your behavior. Pay attention to where your head is at. Right? When you ride a horse, do you direct his tail? You got like a bridle on his tail? You like grab his tail? No, you... you. You're the Texan guy, whatever. Is that what they do down there? And you know, you get you get a hold of their head, right? Tails coming along behind. So you get a hold of what's going on in your head. Take charge of what's going on in your head. When you when you're riding a horse, you sit on it pointing toward the head and you got reins that's directing that horse's head. The reason is is because if you can get that head to go that way, that horse is going to go that way if that's the way you want it to go. Sometimes they just do what they want, actually. But So if you can get a, the, the, the horse's head pointed in the right direction, the body is going to follow. So we got to get our head in a healthy place. we got to get our head going in the right direction. we got to get our head filled with what God is saying so that our actions and our behavior line up with where God is at not with what we're feeling or emotionally distraught about at the moment. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to, the, to a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. So, so there, is a, there is ways that produce life and there's pr- ways that produce death. We have to know which one we're after or which one's in front of us so we can choose life, right? He actually says at one point, choose life. It's important to choose life death you know it's all going it's going to happen eventually but you don't want it to happen prematurely so choose life choose to speak life with your words Matthew 7:13 says enter into the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few that find it so we also have to be aware that when we're finding out what God's plan and purpose for our life is, it's not necessarily what everybody else is doing. It's not necessarily the direction that everybody else is going in. And that's why it's important to get get away with God, get alone with God, spend some time with Him, ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to speak today? Sunday's coming, whatever. Monday's coming, Tuesday's coming. What do you want me to speak? If you're over people at work, What do you want me to release to these guys? You want me to just always be chastising them because they stink at what they do? Or do you want to start speaking some life over them that challenges them out of the dysfunctional place that they're in into a better place? You have the power to do that with your words. So are you speaking over the marketplace? You know, are you waiting for an opportunity for the waiter at your dinner to do something wrong so you can correct them or chastise them? Or are you waiting for an opportunity to bless them? It's a choice. And I guarantee you, the more that you bless, the more that you'll be blessed. More words of life that you release, the more life will come flowing through you. Somebody said you can't outgive God. No, you can't. John 14, 6 says uh, it talks about the transitional times. You know, a, a transitional time for them was when they were, they were used to the old religious system. And now here Jesus has come. He hasn't gone to the cross yet, but he's come and he's preaching the way. He's preaching that he is the way. And they're having a hard time with it. They're having a hard time with it. It's a big transition. They've been used to the law. They've been used to the Pharisees. They've been used to the Sadducees. That was a messed up culture religiously. If you've been in an environment where you, you were taught some messed up things because of the religious environment that you were in, this was the ultimate messed up system. It started out in a good place because it was God in the beginning, but they took and added to it so much that it was unrecognizable by the time they got done to it. So by the time Jesus came, that culture was was messed up religiously. They were making mountains out of molehills and, and all kinds of stuff. And so Jesus came into that vi- environment and he was a stark contrast to the attitude and the demeanor of the people that he had came to speak to. So they knew in their heart there was something different. They knew the Messiah was coming. They were just expecting it to be done differently and it was a different way. They were looking for a a king, warrior, leader to to take away the Roman oppression and all of that cultural stuff that they were facing. That wasn't what God intended to do. He was intending changed that covenant to a new covenant. He was releasing the gospel to them, the good news that Jesus was come. And then no longer did they have to wait for once a year for the priest to somehow go in with a rope tied around his leg. Hopefully he came out after, after offering the this, this sin offering and the stuff. Hopefully he came out of the presence of God in one piece and it all worked so they'd have another year of, of freedom. So he was introducing a season, the new covenant, where every single one of us could, could have access to the throne of God, that we could, all of us could go and we could pray to God and we could release our sin to him and he would forgive us of our sins. We could, we could ask for forgiveness any time, etc., cetera, etc., etc. That access was granted through Jesus Christ. That was a completely different concept. That covenant was a completely different look than what they had been accustomed to. And the disciples were having a hard time with it. And he just simply said, this is is it. Jesus said to to the disciple that was talking with him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. They were used to the stealing, killing, and destroying. They had to get used to somebody that was bringing life to them, an abundant life. They were just always used to doing everything that they did being wrong. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time, and He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find the work of God that he does from the beginning to that nobody can comprehend or know the the work of God from the beginning again. But in the middle of that, he says he's put eternity in our hearts. He's put an ability for you to resonate with him in your heart. Even before salvation, he's put that wiring there so that when his message goes forth, when you find yourself drawn into a place where the message of the kingdom is is released, then there would be a part of you that would be able to respond to that. That's the eternity that he's placed in every man's heart. He's placed it there on purpose so that we have a place to connect with him. Jeremiah one five says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified, I ordained you a prophet to the nations." He's talking to the prophet Jeremiah, and Jeremiah has responded to that, and he said, <laughs> "You've got to be kidding! Not me! I can't even speak." And God continued on in that scripture, the following scriptures, and he let Jeremiah know, no, I have a message for you to speak. I've known about you before you were even thought of by your mother and father. I created you. I know your name. I, I know who you are. I know your DNA. I fashioned your DNA for such a time as this, and I have a message for you to declare. God knew you and me before we were born. He knew us by name. He knew our DNA, what our DNA. We didn't even know about DNA until just a few years ago. But it's, a, it's, it's distinct. It's a marker. Every one of us are different, right? You are uniquely handcrafted and made by God for such a time as this. He knew you were coming. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident, even if you might have been a, a whoops to your parents. You weren't to him. He's like, he's like, he knew better than your parents. <laughs> he knew better than they did. Our son Austin, we weren't planning for him to come. He just showed up, but we're so glad he did. You know, he might have been a surprise to us, but he wasn't to God. So you're not a surprise to God. And if he's created you and formed you for such a time as this, and he knew you before you were even for, formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, don't you think that you have something to say? Don't you think that your words are potentially powerful for the season that you're in, even if you're just realizing it right now? You're important to God. And the message that you have, the words that you have stored up on the inside of you to release, or even maybe the words that you're just learning through the songs that are being declared to our generation, you're saying, you know what? I can get behind that and I can start saying that to my generation. And you didn't think that you had anything to give. You thought you were insignificant. Maybe you didn't have anything in your childhood that would propel you forward to greatness. But I want you to know something. You have a heavenly father that has known you for longer than you've existed. And he's waited for just this right time to release you into the earth. Maybe you've been in hiding, even, even, even you're just coming to an awareness of what God's plan is for your life even right now. Maybe you've been hidden for just this moment. What's happening right now, God has something important for you to say. He has a way for you like nobody else. He has songs for you to declare that you're going to find and it's going to resonate with you. And without even anybody needing to know, you're going to start singing those songs. You're going to start declaring those words over your family, over yourself, over your your generation, over this region. And it's going to be powerful. It's going to be impactful because it's God designed for you at this juncture in your life. Father, we thank you that you are the way. You are the truth and the life. You're the way maker. I thank you, Father, that you have an incredibly unique group of people in this room that you've specifically designed for such a time as this. I pray, Father, that nothing that has happened in their past, nothing that is happening in their present or nothing that happens in their future future would marginalize the person that you've destined for them to be. I thank you, Father, that there's, there's no lifestyle or there's no sin or there's no whatever that they have committed in their past that you can't take care of and begin this journey right now. I thank you, Father, that you know the end from the beginning. And even though we can't comprehend it like the scripture says, you know exactly where we need to be at this moment and what we need to declare and say. And so we're asking you, just like I was asking you for, for a word to speak over this congregation this morning in Pastor Quentin's absence. Father, I'm asking for you to release a word to this body, not just as a corporate body, but as individuals. I thank you, Father, that you help each and every person in this room to realize that they have something valuable to say and to contribute to our generation. It may take a few seasons or moments of, of uncomfortability as they're, as they're having to shift uh, some thinking, maybe having to shift some, some things that have been off limits, You know, um, maybe there's changes that's needed to happen and they've been resistant because of fear of what people would think or say. Father, we break those barriers off of us this morning and we say, be released, God. Be released so that I can be powerful in my generation. Be released, Father, so that we can be powerful to our families Be released, Father, so that we can speak words of life and we can walk in your way because we know, Lord, that your way is good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.